welcome to the YYC Soccer Podcast. My name is Jason Kmet, and my co-host is Scott Strasser. Hi, Scott. Hey, Jason. How are you doing tonight? Uh, you know, I think uh, another week, uh, um, another podcast, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting into these weekly updates about what's going on, and there is a lot happening again. I, I, I think we mentioned that last week, but yeah, there's a lot happening again this week here uh, in, in Calgary. Yeah, I know you put out a, a kind of a mini episode earlier this week. I'm sorry I wasn't able to to join in on that one, but uh, I listened to to the interviews and it was great to to get that up about the the futsal nationals. And uh, yeah, we have a lot more to talk about tonight. As we like to do, um, if you're a new listener, what is the YYC Soccer Podcast all about, Scott? So this podcast focuses on soccer in Calgary at the amateur, collegiate, and professional levels. We talk about the teams and the players from the city's soccer community, from the grassroots and amateur leagues, all the way up to the university, semi-pro and professional level. Let's dive into the topics for this week. We're going to talk about uh, Cavs. They had two matches in Victoria and they signed a new player, Bradley uh, Camden. We also did an interview with Diogo Raposo. He is the technical director of Calgary Blizzard, and he is also going to be the head coach of the Blizzard Women's League One Alberta uh, Club. Yeah, it's another jam-packed episode with a lot to talk about. I was glad we were able to chat with Diogo about how Blizzard is preparing for the upcoming League One exhibition season. He had a lot to say about who's going to be in this league in terms of the players that are going to be playing. Uh, as well as how League One Alberta aims to coexist with uh, the Alberta Major Soccer League and and how it's going to to kind of mesh with uh, preseason for the university season, which which gets underway in August. So, no, he had a lot of insight. He's he's very involved uh, in women's soccer in Alberta, and, and he was a great get for the podcast. Yeah, and we'll run that in a few minutes. But uh, first, let's, let's talk about the Cavs, and let's talk about Victoria. They played... Two matches this past week. Um, one was on Thursday night, and that was the Voyagers Cup Canadian Championship match, and they lost it on penalties. Their second match was on Sunday afternoon, and that was a, a league match, and it was also a draw, it ended in a draw, and no penalties in a regular league match. Right. So Cavalry has started the season with... Uh... Three draws, if if you count the the cup defeat as a, as a draw. Um, overall, I mean, decent results uh, in the league, considering they were playing on the road against two of the the league's traditional powerhouses in in Forge the week before, and then Pacific. Uh, but obviously, I think the the disappointment is seeing Cavalry's cup run come to such an early end, uh, and for the second year in a row uh, in a in a penalty shootout. I think some of Cavalry's best moments as a club have come in the Canadian Championship. So it's kind of weird to think that uh, they're out of it so early this year. And it's definitely disappointing to to think that it might be, you know, a year plus before they may potentially get a crack at an MLS team again. Uh, my own kind of opinions of, of the, the matches are that it's definitely a new look Cavalry squad so far. And it's going to take some time for, for these new players to establish themselves. Um, quite a few of Cavalry's new players have already played uh, quite a bit. Uh, Schmidt Schoem comes to mind. Um, I know Udoka Chima, uh, Callum Montgomery, Ethan Beckford, Jesse Daly have all, have all gotten minutes or started. 
so it's going to take time for some of these new guys to to get used to their teammates, to get used to potentially the league if they're new to it. Um, so it might be a few more games before we know how this Cavalry squad matches up to, say, last year's team. But uh, I think overall, you could tell in that second game against Pacific, especially the last 30 minutes or so, they were they were probably just hanging on. They're 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 playing for a draw at that point. I think they were pretty tired. Um, there were a couple of players who were getting cramp towards the end of it. I think some Pacific fans may have thought that was a time wasting tactic, but I honestly do think they were just literally getting cramp. It was their third game in a week, still early season when you can see that kind of that those kind of cramps happening. And yeah, I think it. You know, I, I think we talked last week we were pretty sure that Cavalry just stayed in Victoria after Thursday night. It it didn't make sense to go back to Calgary for two days and then fly back and then play a game. So I imagine they were, they're staying in a hotel and and maybe doing some team bonding or some training on the Island. And yeah, I bet they were just excited to to finish that match and head back home. Yeah, I would agree. I I felt the same way watching that match and I also agree with your statements about it's going to take a little bit of time for some of these players to become acclimatized, not only with their teammates, but just the league in general. We're talking about, of all those new players you mentioned, only one has a Canadian Premier League experience, and that is Shomei. Everyone else is coming from a different league. I think one of the things probably worth contemplating is that even if you're coming from a pretty decent quality league, like a Jesse Daly coming from the Australian A-League. I, I think that's a pretty decent quality league, for example. It's just different here, and, and it's different anytime you switch to a different league. I don't think it's a unique thing to the, the Canadian league, but I, I think it just takes a little bit of time. So I think for a lot of these players, we're, we'll have to wait and see how things go over the next little bit and see how they acclimatize and see how they adjust. Yeah, and I think... Travel is is such a tough part of the Canadian Premier League, and, and a lot of players, I think, bring that up when it's their first year in the CPL. And Cavalry has already, you know, traveled to Ontario to play Forge, and then not that long afterward, they're they're on a plane again this time to the West Coast, out to Vancouver Island. Different time zones, you know, different different climates. Really, I mean, I I, I think uh, Hamilton is is. Uh, you know, very different weather-wise compared to Vancouver Island. I remember when I was living on Vancouver Island and my first time playing soccer, I sweated like three liters in no time. It was just, you know, so humid. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's one of the things that makes the CPL probably quite unique, but it also makes the CPL a tough league to play in. Right. Let's move on to our next topic. And as expected, the Cavs announced a few days back that they have signed uh, left-back Bradley Camden. Yeah, I was really, really excited to see this signing confirmed. If you follow me on Twitter, you're you're probably already aware of that. Uh, Brad is actually a former teammate of mine. We both played for Chinook Soccer Club when we were in high school, and yeah, he was uh, he was the only player from our our team to go on to play professional soccer in U eighteen. He was probably by far our most important or best player. He was starting center back, played ninety minutes every match. And actually, we uh, our coach would often put him up front if if there was you know ten or fifteen minutes to go and it was still nil nil or if we were down a goal because uh, quite often he could he could turn it on and score a goal if if need be so he was pretty pivotal for our team so I, I've followed his career with interest ever since he went down to Huntington Indiana to play uh, NAIA college soccer 
after high school. And he, he was only there for a year before he made the move to the University of Northern Las Vegas um, and NCAA and did quite well down there and uh, became, I believe, Calgary's first player to be drafted uh, in the MLS um, when he was selected by Colorado Rapids. And even though he didn't uh, uh, play for Colorado, he he did have a, a really good USL career. He bounced around from club to club, but uh, managed to stay in that league for a good four or five years. Um, and then quite recently uh, went overseas to, to Malta to play for a, a pro club in Malta's first division. And it's neat to see him kind of back where back where he started, not necessarily started. Cause I do know he's lived, um, he lived somewhere before coming to Calgary, but uh, no, it's, it's been very full circle for him. And I'm just excited to kind of reconnect with him and, uh, and see how he fares in the CPL and, and for Cavalry. Yeah. And it is a bit of a reunion with him and the coach, uh, Tommy Wilden Jr. Had him on the original Foothills PDL team back in the day. And uh, he did play, was it, I think, Maybe it was two years with that club, but at least one year. There is definitely history there between them. So they're they're quite familiar with each other. So from the standpoint of understanding what the coaching staff is going to be looking for and expectations, I guess that should be uh, relatively easy to get everyone on the same page there, I would think. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see a, a Calgarian come back and, and uh, come back to the, to the team after being away. He's still like... Uh, I th- he's 20, is it 28, 29 20. years old? So he's got, uh, he's, he still has plenty of soccer left in him, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Calvary is, you know, I'm biased. I, I I'm friends with him, so I'm going to say good things about him, but I do think Calvary is getting a, a versatile defender. As I mentioned, he always played center back for, for us, but I think a lot of his pro career has been uh, played as a left back. And I imagine Calvary is signing him as a left back, uh, kind of as replacement for Bradley Vliet. I've noticed Jose Escalante has been deputized at left back so far this season. And I think Brad coming in would allow Escalante to, to move further up the wing, um, which I think Cavalry fans would appreciate. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if, if Brad will play this, this Sunday. Cavalry's home opener is against Valor. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty common, I think. Tommy usually doesn't start players immediately after they've been signed but I, I imagine at the very least he'll be subbed in if he's healthy yeah I, I would I would suspect the same League One Alberta is right around the corner the first matches are coming up on May 12th and in anticipation of the beginning of the League One season we did have a chance to interview Diogo Raposo he is the technical director and the head coach of Calgary Blizzard they will be entering a team into the women's division of League One Alberta this year we had a chance to chat with him, uh, Scott. Yeah, Diogo is a very well-established name in in, uh, in soccer in Alberta, uh, particularly women's soccer. Uh, he's the Dinos head coach, and he led that team to a really good 2022 season. Dinos went 9-3-2 overall and, and made it to nationals. Apart from that, Diogo was previously head coach of McEwen University's women's soccer team, and he's also been involved with uh, Foothills WFC, as well as the Vancouver Whitecaps Girls Elite Regional Excel Super Center Program in Calgary. Really, uh, really impressive resume. Had a lot of insight about what people can expect with this uh, League One Alberta Exhibition Series or season that's that's fast approaching here. Yeah, let's run that interview now. 
We'd like to welcome Diogo Raposo to the podcast today. He is the head coach, the Calgary Blizzard. I'm actually, we should really get you to inter properly introduce yourself here. I believe you're the technical director and head coach of, of the Blizzard. Uh, maybe talk about your role there just a little bit so we have you all right. Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Yeah, I'm um, the sporting director at Calgary Blizzard, so I'm responsible essentially for all things on the technical side of the club. Uh, so I manage some technical directors, both on the boys and the girls side. Uh, and then I'm currently also the uh, University of Calgary Dinos women's head coach as well. Okay, great. We have a, a, a few questions here about League One Alberta. Our first question is, what are the goals for the team in this new league and, and how do you plan to achieve them? I think the first goal is the exposure of the players. We've got a, a hotbed of, of talent in Alberta, especially on the female side. And that's where we have a team this year. Again, promoting them and, and starting to create that pathway for them to, to go in and play pro if that's the avenue that they they want. Um, we want to provide that for them. Secondly, within the league, we want to win. We're, we're an extremely competitive bunch. We were able to win the major league, uh, the Alberta Major Soccer League last year in the regular season. And we want to do that uh, again, but obviously in now a, in a pro-am or semi-pro environment. Thanks, Diogo. I'll, I'll ask the next question, which is about something you just touched upon. Um, some of the players who are going to be on this team. Uh, Blizzard has been releasing a pretty steady stream of player announcements on social media already. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the players that will be playing for this team? Yeah, I think our, our due diligence was first to our club and, and the pathway that we've created for the, the young ladies that have come up through our environment and, and now playing at universities both in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, we wanted to promote them and, and be loyal to them because they've been loyal to us as well. Um, but we also added some pieces from, from players from all over Calgary, from uh, Southwest United, from Foothills, from uh, Calgary West, um, because we are a Calgary club. We don't want to just be Blizzard. We want to represent the city. Most, if not all of them, are currently playing university, again, in Canada or the U.S., as well as some alumni. And then we have a couple surprises towards the end of our announcements. We have a couple former pros that will be playing with us, but we'll, uh, we'll leave that surprise for later on. Okay. The Blizzard will also be playing in AMSL this year. So will players be playing in both competitions or how is it going to be divided up and how interconnected will those clubs be? Yeah, we're, we're in a lucky position where we have on our, our women's side, we've got over 100 players playing over five teams. So that's uh, League One, Alberta Major Soccer League, Premier in Calgary Women's Soccer, uh, as well as Div 2. So we're lucky that each team will have essentially their own roster. There are some players who may float uh, in between. Our major league team will be primarily uh, 2004 players who are just coming back from university and 2005 players who are about to leave for university. Um, so again, a, an extremely competitive training group. That group will train with the League One group. So it'll be a player pool of, of about 30 to 35 players, uh, similar to what a university environment will look like. Um, and then our two premier teams are trained together. But we expect to be, again, extremely competitive in that um, major league environment because we are treating it like a, a university environment. And, and we've kept our League One roster to about 16 uh, to continue to help promote those 2004s, 2005s, and even maybe some younger players who deserve a chance in League One to go and prove themselves. So we've kept those rosters a little bit small because we want to provide avenues for, for players who are ready and, and deserve a shot. And, and Diogo, I know you recently held open tryouts, correct? Yeah, we just finished as yesterday, well. yep. 
just finished them yesterday. Uh, what was the response like? And and did you find that you uh, may have uncovered any diamonds in the rough from, from doing an open trial? Yeah, we had uh, 37 girls attend. Um, some were Blizzard players, some were players from, from Lethbridge, some from Red Deer, all over, really. Current university players that play other um, institutions. I think it was it was great to see uh, I think for us, uh, a good tool to see some of our younger players who wanted to to go and experience that environment too from a trials point of view. But yeah, there is one or two players that we'll be talking to closely uh, to see how they come into our environment. They're actually from from out of town. So more in-depth discussions about billeting or staying in town or how they travel to come and train. But again, we want to not just be a pathway for Blizzard players, but for all of Calgary and now Obviously, there's there's some Lethbridge or Red Deer players who want to be in this environment, deserve to be in this environment. And as long as the travel and the training makes sense for them, then it's going to make sense for us. Sounds good. I know the League One Alberta schedule was just announced, and I noticed on there that you're slated to play all of your home matches at Broadview. Can you talk a little bit about how you decide to go with Broadview? Yeah, there's, there's some league requirements, of course, with it being a standard-based league of, of what we need to provide and and an experience for for fans and and for parents who want to come out and, and watch and and hopefully our, our youth members at, at Blizzard and in Calgary that want to come watch. So we wanted to provide them with a great experience um, and product on the field. I think Broadview provides that. It's probably the best, if not one of the best, grass fields in in Alberta. Uh, having lived in Edmonton myself and and now obviously in Calgary, the pitch is is massive. Uh, it, it bodes well for, for keeping the ball on the ground and, and moving it well. They, they take great care of it. There's now obviously new change rooms. There's new referee rooms. There's terrace up top down at Broadview. So CUSA have done an amazing job there. Uh, and they were happy or we were lucky enough to be able to, to get in there. But I, I think, yeah, from an experience point of view, on a, I could just imagine on, on a warm summer day, hopefully we'll have beer gardens there. We're working on that right now. But where, where people can come and watch, enjoy a game of footy, but also have a great experience uh, on a great grass pitch. I think every uh, every idealist loves a great grass field that players can play on and enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. You you kind of answered our next question there, to be honest, Diogo, which was going to be about like concession possibilities, game day experience. Uh, I agree with you. I think uh, Broadview is very much a popular choice for for soccer fans and players especially because of the the natural grass aspect and as well as its centrality right uh, memorial is of course kind of it cleaves calgary in two from uh, dividing the north and the south sides of the city uh, and broadview is, has always been uh, a good choice for for alberta major soccer league games in the past in, in terms of uh ticket prices is, is that something you'd be able to speak to at this point yeah, we actually just opened up season tickets uh, yesterday. Um, okay. So season tickets would be $35 for adults, and that would give you the four home games, as well as uh, we'd be promoting any preseason games, which uh, we've scheduled one with, with Foothills UWS. And and then for youth would be $15, but any youth player who is wearing a CMSA jersey, because, again, we want to promote this, we want to – build role models within the community they would get in free so they wouldn't have to pay anything if you're under 18 and you're wearing a cmsa jersey we want you at games you want to create uh that environment where females and males alike can come and see some of their their future role models and see where they can be playing here in a couple of years hopefully nice that's that's definitely pretty uh pretty affordable great to hear 
What are some of the bigger challenges that you're anticipating going into a new league and how do you plan to overcome them? Yeah, I, I think when, when you get into a standards-based league and, and there's certain things that we want to do for our players to, to really create a great experience for them, it, it's that part of, of how we how we compensate for um, or cover travel expenses, how we cover food, uh, hotel expenses, and really make it a great environment. Obviously, with that become, comes cost, and we want this to be self-sustainable from our, our programming and not burden our youth club in any way, and it won't. Uh, I think it's that piece where it was announced quite quickly uh, and we've got to do our part to to do some fundraising as well as get some sponsorship to make sure that the players are having a great experience and it's not just a women's league. It's more than that, um, as well as making sure that, again, we're not burdening our youth club or, or putting extra fees on, on youth members. I think it, it's that piece where we want it to be self-sustainable and we want it to succeed. Uh, we're not here for the short term. We're not just here for uh, one year. We want this to be a long venture with Blizzard, and, and we want the men's side to come into it next year. So we believe if we do a, a great job and uh, for the players, for our members, that uh, we'll have that on the men's side next year as well because we're ready to perform there too. I think that's, I'd say, to be honest, the, the biggest challenge. The second piece is the, the competition, knowing some of the rosters that are going to be uh, in League One. It, it is a lot of university-based players. I think it'll be, it'll be tough. There's not going to be any easy game we've seen some of the rosters being released from like a btb we know the quality that foothills always has and, and uh st albert with their connections with northwest united from the major league point of view those teams are going to be very very good um so that's the second piece where there's no there's no off day you're gonna have to travel um and and there's those complications there but we're looking forward to it those are challenges that we want and that's why we're excited for this league Nice. I, I think once again, uh, Diogo, you, you kind of answered our next question, which was going to be about how you would gauge a successful um, inaugural exhibition season. But uh, is there anything else on that point that you feel is worth mentioning? Yeah, it's that first part um, to your first question when we started the exposure for the players. Um, I think making sure that there's great marketing, there's uh, players or there's uh, fans at games, uh, and, and them getting the exposure, hopefully, of, of pro clubs, Canada soccer, uh, those type of pieces that if we can just get one um, or not even our club, if any of the five clubs can just get one or two players to go into a, t a national training club, that's a success. That's why this league's coming in, and we want to be able to provide that avenue. Um, obviously, on-field success, we never step on the field uh, without wanting to win as well. What message would you like to give to fans as you embark on this new season in the new league? I, I think my message is similar to, we talked about it at open trials yesterday with the players that were there. This is breaking grounds. This is providing um, an avenue for players who we believe it's long overdue to be able to, to get in front um, of the community. And I think it takes a village to, to raise any player, but it also takes a village to, to raise a league like this and, and to make it what we want it to be in regards to the exposure, to regards to the quality. Um, so I, I'd say the community get behind us, the community come watch games. We're doing our part. Uh, I promise that to put a great quality product on the field, but also have a great games day. Um, and, and that piece where you can hopefully enjoy a summer uh, evening on a Friday, uh, come and grab, um, like we said, some concessions, some food, uh, and hopefully we put on a show for everyone. Well, I think that's a great place to finish it off on, uh, Diogo. But thanks 
thanks again for uh, making yourself available to chat with us today on our podcast. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Bye. Thanks again to Diogo Raposo for taking the time to do the interview. Anything you want to add, Scott? Any thoughts or comments? Well, I I thought the season ticket options that he brought up were were pretty reasonable and quite affordable. Although I do know and uh, I recognize that it's not a full season that fans will be getting. But uh, no, I, I thought those those uh, prices he mentioned were great. And and if they do manage to get like a, a beer gardens at Broadview, I think. I think that can make for a really uh, a really great experience on a Friday evening, particularly to to go there and watch a game. Uh, other thing I'd like to mention is just with the the new pro women's league uh, launching in a few years in Canada, uh, League One is is a great platform for Alberta's top players to play some meaningful games at a high level uh, and possibly get themselves on the radar. I imagine there's a lot of players who are you know 17, 18, 19 right now and. By the time uh, Project Eight kicks off in a couple of years, they'll 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 be at that age where they're ready to make the step up to the pro league. So, uh, no, it's great that this is launching now. Yeah, I think that could be a real carrot for a lot of uh, for a lot of women's players, knowing that there is something coming on on the horizon. A couple things I wanted to mention that I thought were interesting in the interview. He did mention that if everything goes kind of the way they expect and according to plan, Blizzard will enter a men's team next year. So, you know, I don't think that's exactly incredibly shocking news, but uh, but it's nice to know that there are some teams that are coming up with some plans. And I do like the idea of using Broadview. It's really a great venue. It's It's got a nice pitch and it's got a nice location. Can't really argue with it overall. It's It's a it's a pretty good place to watch a match. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only semi complaint would be parking there. I, I, I can't remember. Uh, it's been a while since I've been to Broadview. I, I know there is a parking lot, but uh, I remember once I had a men's game on Broadview and the parking lot was full and I had to park on the street somewhere. But again, like I, I don't imagine uh, league one games are going to be getting, you know, a thousand fans or anything like that. So I think Broadview uh, is is the ideal choice. I know there's going to be a few other local fields that are hosting League One games, like Hellard Field at Shouldice and uh, the Dinos, the University of Calgary Dinos field is hosting a couple of games. And I noticed Macron Sports Center, which is a Foothills training facility out in the far southeast. Um, that's also on the schedule. But uh, no, I think Broadview is is the ideal location. Hopefully they can uh, they can really make the most of that venue. It won't be long now. It's only a couple weeks away. So anyway, I think we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you for listening to the YYC Soccer Podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast by using all the usual podcasting platforms. You can head over to our website at yycsoccer.com. There's more information about how to subscribe, leave a question or comment. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at YYC Soccer 403. Thanks for listening.